welcome everybody into the ESPN FC studios for this, the latest edition of the show. Alongside Casey Keller, Steve Nickel, I'm Sebastian Salazar. Great to have you with us. We do have a lot to get to as we get ready to look forward to the weekend that will be. But first, some Friday night football out of Italy. Your league leaders, Inter Milan, destroying last place Salernitana 4-0. Marcus Thuram opening the scoring in the 17th minute. That was followed with goals by Lautaro, Denzel Dumfries, and Arnautovic as Inter Milan rolled to pick up the full three points. What does that mean? Atop the Serie A table will enter now 10 points clear of their nearest chasers, Juventus, in second place. For more on this, let's welcome into the show our good friend and colleague, Don Hutchison. Uh, Don, you call Serie A matches every week. So based on what you've seen so far this season, just how good was Inter today? They've been great all season, Sebi. They're unbeaten in 18, one of the best records in European football. Inzaghi's got them playing unbelievable football. I mean, nearly perfect, as, as close as you can say to perfection, because you can set your clock on what he does on an hour mark. He's got four unbelievable wing backs, so he, he rotates them, bang on the hour mark. He takes his star men off when they're winning 3-0 or 4-0. He's done that seven times this season. Into when the beat teams by more than four. Uh, they rest them for the Champions League, so it's the perfect night. And what they are, and when I say they're like the perfect side, they've got a goalkeeper in Jan Sommer who's always been very, very good, very solid. They've got three defenders who like to defend. They've got great, great footballers in midfield. I mean, do you remember Brozovic who went to Saudi for the money? Channel who's now playing in that number six role. And he's been on fire. He's just controlling things in midfield. Barella, I thought, was close to man of the match tonight. And then you've got Marcus Turam. And Latara Martinez, who's now hit 20 for the season. So when you watch them play, how they can slow the game down, they can keep hold of the ball. When they need to speed it up, they can. They've got pace and attack. They've got goals everywhere. And they are a sensational side to watch. They are 10 points clear and nailed on for the title. Stevie, I feel like you've been a bit of an Inter Milan skeptic in the past. Let's start with the positive, though. What, what was the big takeaway? What was, what was their strength for you today? Either as a collective th- or individually? No, I think I think the strength is a collective, no question. You know, I'm not I'm not so sure that Jan Summers the perfect answer in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a team, they are a unit. Um, they flow when they need to. I mean, I saw them against Juventus a couple of weeks ago, and when they had to shut it down, they shut it down. So this team looks as though, regardless of the the way the games or the opposition want to play the game. They're capable of doing it. If, if, it's, if it's a battle, they look as though they can do it. They've got loads and loads of experience. I mean, you could say that <laughs> some, of the, some of the better players are a little long in the tooth, mm-hmm. um, but they're a real team. You know, my, my one, the, the scepticism I have is that I'm not keen on the goalie, and I think against better teams, Chalinoglu and Magatarian in the middle of the park are not going to do enough defensively to stop a Man City, for example. But this is a real team. They play as a unit. And they're great to watch. In a couple of days, it won't be Salernitana. It'll be Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. How do you see that going? Yeah, I think Inter, the odds Inter probably have to be even. just a little bit favored. Um, Atletico have been, you know, I've called Atletico a bunch of times this year. And you just never quite know what Atletico is going to give you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're no longer that... We're going to grind out the 1-0. I mean, you knew that a couple years ago, right? That this is who Atletico is going to be. You're going to be in a fight. It's going to be potentially maybe the 90th minute. And they're going to get their one goal and they're going to win 1-0. This is a different Atletico Madrid who's far more progressive in the attack. But in doing that, they concede a lot more goals because of it. 
so it'll be interesting to see how kind of Simeone, do, does he fall back on, we're playing a team that looks very balanced, very very good in the way they attack with the numbers out wide and obviously up front. So then they, do they default to Atletico Madrid of 18 months ago? Or is it just a straight up, we're going to try to outscore more goals than you, which I think would favor Inter right now. Mm. Inzaghi versus Simeone, you, you love that matchup? Yeah, I prefer <laughs> Inzaghi myself. You really? Can tell the way. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the way Inter play the game. As I said, if they want to rough it up, they can. But they play nice attacking football. The ball's moving all the time. There's good movement everywhere. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think I think Simeone's going to have to earn his big wage packet in mm-hmm. this game. Or this, these two ties. Yeah. You think he goes conservative in that first leg away? I think the line of confrontation's conservative. But I think once they actually get the ball, they'll, they'll do what Inter do. And they'll try and open up and get at you. But... They'll, they'll obviously, when they lose the ball, do what good Italian sides still do, and that's close in ranks and, and stop uh, Atletico Madrid. I think I think it's big time that Morata's going to be out. Yeah. Yep. I think that is That'll huge. Hurt him, yeah, sure. big, that's if I'm Inter, I'm I'm rubbing my hands. I mean, who who's taking his place? Uh, he's to me, he's their goal scorer. So you got to look after Griezmann. If you do that. You're, you're in the Memphis driving Depay seat. has no popped question. up recently to, to, to score more goals, but it, but it, it's definitely... But, but like the lo- team, you yeah, can't rely it, no, on them, can you? And, 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 and Morata has, has really kind of turned the corner of having that kind of stigma of, of missing uh, too many easy chances. So, yes, I mean, it, it, no question Atletico in the right frame of mind, in the right mood... Can, can, can beat Inter, no, no question about it. But I think Inter's been just that bit more consistent this year. Don, who are you taking to advance between these two? I'm taking Inter because I've seen them far more times than I have uh, Atletico Madrid. And I'm, I'm like, oh, Casey, kind of the Atletico Madrid. No, no, no. <laughs> I think the Atletico Madrid of four or five years ago, they were solid. They were like, they shut everything down and win 1 0. I think since then, I think they've lost their DNA. I think they tried to go a little bit more expansive and a bit more open. I don't think it suits the manager. I don't think it suits the team. don't think it sometimes suits the individuals. It looks nice on paper, but they're going to have to be resilient. I think to answer your question before, when you said, what will it be like in the first tie? I think Atleti have to shut it down. I, have, I think they have to go there with a really, not a negative mindset, but in the mindset of, we are not letting Inter get the first tie and let it get away from us. Because if Inter turn it on, Atletico don't turn up. Inter could hit them for two or three and the tie could be over. So they've got to make sure... The second leg is still there to be played. Sounds like uh, you're telling me to take the under. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing, at least in the uh, first leg there. Speaking of odds, here's a look at the overall odds for the Champions League. What do they give an Inter here? 14 to 1. That makes them sixth favorite. Don, that's it's a pretty ridiculous. good value for Inter, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I mean, how on earth? We had this conversation before. How are Arsenal in a better place than Inter? Inter were on for the treble last season. They got in the Champions League final. They're unbeaten in 18. They're 10 points clear of Serie A, but yet Arsenal are third favourites. I mean, honestly, it, it, I'm staggered. I'm staggered. I, think, I, I don't know why Inter I don't get more love and more argument. attention. I think I you picked the wrong argument, <laughs> I think you picked the wrong one to argue with. Well, you think, you think Bayern is the one we should be knocking down, not Arsenal. Bayern, Bayern PSG should be nowhere ahead of Inter. I don't think Arsenal's the one to argue about. Okay. Uh, if, if anything, it may be close, but I would still back Arsenal. So you're basically no putting Inter second or third favourite. You're moving them up. I would have Inter fourth. I would have them behind Arsenal. 
Okay. I don't, I, I don't understand why Bayern and PSG can be ahead of Inter. What do you think? I think it's an either or, but yeah, but it's I, I agree with, with with Stevie for sure on the on the Bayern and PSG, and I think Arsenal are, are trending in the right direction right now. But it yeah, I mean it's difficult to to look at this Inter team and, and, and the form they're in. I know today was a really tough day to judge because mm-hmm. they, they played yeah, against the, the last place team and 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 they they steamrolled them in the first 15 minutes and the game was over. But but you're looking at, at kind of what they did. I think maybe some of that is because they. They came in second in their group. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. To, to Real yes. Sociedad. Yep. So maybe they just have been knocked down a little bit because of, of kind of group form. Don, last word of this on you. What do you think of what Stevie said about Inter in the pecking order? I think he's right in terms of PSG and Bayern, but I'd still take Inter over Arsenal any day of the week. Their, their current form, what they've done in the Champions League over the last couple of years, I have them, I have them well ahead of Arsenal. Well ahead. Oof. Well ahead. Did you hear that? Hey. Well, Champions League finalists and on for a treble last season. There you go. And he does watch a lot of Serie A, so that, also, yeah, that, weighs, Serie a. that weighs in quite a bit. Uh, of course, we all watch a lot of Serie A here on ESPN FC, which is available seven days a week here on ESPN+. Plus. We'll, of course, be back in this studio tomorrow covering all the action from across Europe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. What are they saying in France? Here's the cover of L'Equipe. Of course, Kylian Mbappe getting ready to make that move from Paris to Madrid. It's decided I'm leaving you. He's not going, is he? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Jules only broke the news twice. Two and a half weeks ago. Really fell off my chair there. All right, uh, Don, stick with me here, right? PSG had Messi, they had Neymar, and they had Mbappe, and it didn't work. Uh, Is there any way that Mbappe going to Real Madrid similarly doesn't work? No, I I can't see it. The the talent that he's going to have around him, the likes of Rodrigo, the likes of Vinny Jr., the likes of Bellingham, Camavinga, Chouameni, I mean, Tony Crows, Luka Modric, Valverde, I mean, he should be getting chances. He creates chances on his own. He's that good. And I think this is a move that will, I think, en- enhance his legacy. I think going to Real Madrid when he's a success 
will deliver more Ballon d'Ors for him. Um, Jules is the go-to man when you're talking Kylian Mbappe and, and Paris Saint-Germain. He knows the details inside out. There's no way he's coming to England. I mean, everyone in everyone at Arsenal, everyone in England is dreaming that he might come to the mm -hmm. Premier League and Arsenal and Liverpool. It ain't going to happen. You know, he's forfeiting 80 million in bonuses from PSG. He'll make that up at the other end. He's 100% going uh, to Real Madrid. And I can only see him being a success. It reminds me of a little bit of a younger Galacticos. Galacticos mm. back in the day, I mean, ridiculous talent, unbelievable players. But now they're doing it with younger players, like we said, with Vinny Jr. and Rodrigo and Kylian Mbappe and Jude Bellingham and Valverde. I mean, I mean, Man City are the team to beat, but you cannot sleep on what Real Madrid are going to be doing this season and in the coming season. Because all those young players, apart from Luka Modric and Tony Crows, could be playing together for the next five to eight years. So, Stevie, I know yesterday, or maybe recently, you were kind of making the argument that we shouldn't focus on how they're going to set up. It's, it's going to work itself out. Yeah. They're going to be fluid players. Yeah. Uh, but somebody's going to have to put out a, a starting formation. You're the only coach we have on the panel here. So give us your Real Madrid 11. How would you set this team up with Mbappe in it? I think I would have two up front. I would have him, him and Vinny Jr. I think, unfortunately, Rodrigo would have to sit. Because um, you can't... You can't I mean, Bellingham has been absolutely a lights-out sensational. Mm -hmm. So, are you really going to change your whole team round when you've got a guy from midfield scoring, what is it, 24 goals he's got so far? Yeah, explain that. So, so, so by, by taking Rodrigo out and moving Mbappe well, wide... If you, if you play Rodrigo, Mbappe and Vinny, then yeah. you're going to have to drop Bellingham in and he's not going to be as free as he's been. So why would you take goals away? Was it, it worth no sacrificing sense. all of Rodrigo for a little bit of Jude? No, you're, sac you're sacrificing Rodrigo for the good of the team and to, to, to keep exploiting what you have in Bellingham. At the same time, you've still got two superstars playing alongside him. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, to me, that sticks out big time. I, I don't see how you change the way you're playing. You just don't. It makes no sense to have your top man moved because of another signing when you can keep your top man in the same place and make the team better by having your two guys up front. And, they, and as I said, the, the, the movement would be fluid because when Real Madrid get the ball and when these guys get the ball, that's what they do, they play. It's like, it's like going back to school. Mm -hmm. It's playground stuff when these guys get the ball. Now when you lose it, and I think the other thing actually that's going to help Mbappe, he's going to look around, he's going to see Vinny Jr chasing people He's going to see Bellingham chasing people. The culture at Real Madrid is we all have to do a bit of work. That can only be good for Mbappe. He's used to be at PSG with, with Neymar and Messi and, and everybody else where they get away with it. So he's going to get away with it. I mean, well, it's kind of scary what could possibly be right. next season when this guy joins Real Madrid. You asked the question about PSG. And mm -hmm. how come they didn't win? Right. Well, because you still need the same mentality. You have to have a balance throughout the pitch. You can't just say, here's a whole bunch of great players. We're going to throw the ball out there and we're just going to beat teams. Look, you're going to beat really bad teams. But when you're playing against another good team that has that balance between attacking, winning the ball back higher up the pitch, players on the, on the pitch that aren't looking to stroke their own ego, they're doing the, the difficult work. But you still need your stars to buy in and help. And if you have groups of guys, two or three guys, and you're defending two or three guys down, 
against a very good team, mm-hmm. you can't make up for that. Don, Rodrigo, the odd man out. What do you think? I mean, listen, I don't think there's any right and wrong answer. I mean, I went slightly different um, than what Stevie's done, but there's no right and no wrong. I mean, I, I don't see why Camavinga can't play in midfield in the two with Valverde. And then you've got Bellingham as a 10, Rodrigo right, and Mbappe through the middle, Vinny Jr. left. So, listen, it's one of them where you put an 11 down on paper and Ancelotti will tweak it and he'll look at it and he'll think for the greater good of the team, he'll pick the, pick the best 11. But um, honestly, I mean, my word, the, the, the talent pool to pick from mm. is incredible. Add, add potentially Alfonso Davies this time or in the summer. That, that's a potential move that might happen as well. So all of a sudden you're looking at, you're looking at what could be one of the best teams that we've seen for quite a while. How do you break this to Rodrigo then from the managerial perspective? Because that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. I mean, he's been incredibly productive this year, carried the team when Vinny was out. To be honest, it's up to Rodrigo how he mm. takes it. You know, uh, it's very difficult. Put yourself in his shoes. How would you take it? Um, Certainly can't make the argument that he's been yourself, played out of a job. Well, you got to, you, any chance you get on the field, you've got to put yourself in a position where he can't drop you. No. I mean, that's it. That's the bottom line. And if you don't do that... But this is a thing that's happening off the field. That's... If you don't do that, then... And you're not, you're not happy well, with it, then you might have to go. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Because you can only play 11 players. And if you play three up front, and you want to change Bellingham's role, then you can play this guy. Are you going to sacrifice the team to not hurt this guy's feelings or not upset this guy? He's got to take it in a certain way as a professional. He doesn't have to like it. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd be disappointed if you're the coach if he did like it. But he's going to have to be professional about it. And if he can't stomach it, then you know what? You go and sell him for 50, 60 mil. Yeah. And you bring, you bring a younger player in again. And then you start bringing him along. But I mean, it's just, it's just a fact of life. It's... it's it's the, it's but you, you have to keep a squad as well because you're going to have injuries. Yep. You're going to have tons of games. Fix your congestion, yep. and you're going to have to keep enough guys happy that you got to have. It's still Real Madrid. You don't expect somebody to come off the bench who's a nobody. So there, there, there should be uh, enough balance to where you can have some stars on the bench as well. But again, it, it's 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 a conversation. It's a, it's a difficulty knowing that you went from being in the starting 11 to them making a huge uh, a huge splash in the and market to bring somebody in who yeah. but but again let's let's if, if he's 23 that's the time of your career you want but to Seb, if we had a poll right now yeah. and you said who's a better player rodrigo or killian mbappe yeah of course i mean okay so real madrid is strengthening i can only play so much devil's advocate here but they're strengthening their squad and somebody is going to have to yep. pay the price for it uh, Don mentioned it, Alfonso Davies. Yeah, Hendrick uh, as well. But Alfonso Davies looks like he's got a deal in place, reportedly, uh, with Real Madrid to leave Bayern Munich. He's got a contract with Bayern Munich through 2025. Uh, you've followed this player from the jump, you know, MLS and, sure. uh, and the beginnings of his career. You think this is the right fit, a good fit for him? Well, I mean, is it a wrong fit going to Real Madrid if Real Madrid wants you? I mean, he's got um, he's got it pretty good right now at Bayern Munich. Some would say he does, but but it's I, I'm really I'm really interested to see because uh, you know when when Alfonso went to Bayern Munich, you know he went as a winger as a as an attacking player, and they identified that maybe he's not as strong in that position. But 
we love the athleticism. Let's let's put him more as a an outside back, wing back, and just use that tremendous amount of pace. Now, I think he's learned to defend better. So I'll be interested to see if he does end up going to Real Madrid. Just you know, how much freedom does he have? Is he going to go take up a space that Vinny Jr. wants to go work in, or is it more of a support role and being said, okay, I'll, I'll feed you some balls and I'll use my pace that if we push numbers forward, we know we can help. So let's say you're going to Well, it might change it. If they play with three up front, it might change yes. what he does. Then you need that pace. What way? Well, because, you, because you're going to have – you're going to be – the, there's you're no space more, on the wings, there's right? There's not enough space. Yeah, yeah. If you've got the two guys up front and they're shifting around, right. then you're going, to be leave, you're going to leave space both sides. So do they really backs. need him? I mean, is that what we're getting at here? Do Real Madrid really Alfonso need him? They clearly Davis. want him. Alfonso Davis, in my opinion, would be better at left back than either Alaba when he's fit. Mm-hmm. Although Alaba, you can argue, would be a better defender, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the same qualities going forward right. that Davies has. But you just said you and don't Mendy, need this. And Mendy... He's better than Mendy? He's ahead of Mendy? Absolutely. What does Mendy give you going forward? I don't think it gives you much. Is he that good defensively? No, he's not. So, absolutely. Real Madrid are better, in my opinion, with Afonso Davis uh, at left back. Particularly with two up front. Because that, that, that's, that's his 40, getting forward, using his pace, getting balls in the box, or, or playing with other players. Don, Davis to Real Madrid, what do you make of it? I mean, what a signing that would be. I mean, Courtois at the back, Alfonso Davies, Militao, Rudiger, Carvajal, and then all the talent that we've just said. I mean, what a move that would be. I mean, listen, I think if you're a young player and you've, 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 you've sort of ticked buying off and he's doing really well there, but there's levels... There's levels when you play, even like a club like Bayern, FC Hollywood, massive, massive juggernaut of a football club. Then you add on the levels of Real Madrid. I mean, the Real Madrid, if, if you get linked with Real Madrid and the chance to go to Real Madrid comes around probably once or twice in your career, five or six if you're Mbappe. But if you're Alfonso Davies and you get asked to go to Real Madrid and you half fancy the move, you have to make the move and see if you're good enough. The thing is as well, Bayern, Bayern need to spend some money. They need to change their squad big time. Mm-hmm. And you might say that losing Alfonso Davis doesn't help you, but the money that you would get means you can reboot because they need to do that big time. Yeah. I don't know how much it would be because the contract's only right now through 2025, I think, so there's only a year left. But, yeah, they'd get something for him. Uh, yeah. For sure, as Alfonso Davies there, linked heavily with Real Madrid and a move away from Bayern Munich. Speaking of uh, Champions League, we'll see both Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Shall we go one more time to the disallowed goal that just will not die? Shall we analyze this one <laughs> more time? Uh, Leipzig against Real Madrid. Leipzig's early goal waved off. You know why we're bringing it up? Because we haven't gotten a goalie's perspective. <laughs> so, Casey, were they right to disallow this? Were you with your goalie union ways? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think that if you just bumped the goalkeeper in the back. No, it wasn't like a – I wouldn't necessarily have called it a foul. Um but you're clearly interfering with the goalkeeper's movements if you're bumping them in the back. There you go. That's and, what we need to say. And, that's, and if you're interfering, then you're in an offside position. Now, what was the rule invented for? The rule was invented for uh, a striker makes a run in behind, gets blocked, it gets whatever, the defense pushes up, and he's coming back into an onside position, clearly not involved in the play, and then the ball comes back in. Well... If you're bumping the goalkeeper in the back, you're clearly involved in the play. Real Madrid then uh, 1-0 winners in the first leg over Leipzig. Don, you disagree? 
it shouldn't be disallowed, but I just had this sort of mental image in my head after watching the Super Bowl at the weekend. I can imagine if we got these blue cards and all of a sudden the laws start change. I can imagine these little yellow flags being thrown on the pitch and go, interference, interference. It can't be. I mean, it can't be. It can't be. I mean, for the good the, the, of the, the game. The, what do you mean? I the goalie gets shoved in the back. <laughs> the goalie gets shoved, shoved in the back. In the back. You saw it on the screen. Oh, you saw it on the screen. He's interfered bumped. with a goalie. Bump. It's a straight. But he's oh, all, bumped. all bumped. So bumps allowed well, now. No, but, it, but no, but it's not a foul. <laughs> it's offside. That's the question. He's offside. He's offside because he's interfering. Offside with the interfering play. Yeah, but and he, preventing the goalie from taking the play. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's the matter of the law. That's the rule. I wouldn't have called that's it a foul, argument. but he's definitely interfering with it the It comes goal. down to whether you believe Lunin can get there or not. That's uh, kind of a, a gray zone that I think we'll have to leave for. Actually, I hope not another day because I hope we don't have to do that replay uh, anymore. That's what, six days run, or three days running now on that uh, particular play. All right, we got La Liga coming up on ESPN Plus this weekend. Make sure to catch out all the action. Kicks off with Atletico Madrid against Las Palmas. Bright and early Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Barcelona in action noon on Saturday. Real Madrid play 8 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning. Athletic Club and Girona wrap up the match day on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's talk some Liverpool, Stevie. Uh, the good news, of course, uh, Mo Salah is back, but it comes with some bad news as well. Alison Becker will miss the game against Brentford with a muscle injury. Uh, he's not the only one on the injured list, but it is a particularly important position, Stevie. Uh, how desperate are you ringing the alarm here from a Liverpool perspective? I don't, I don't think you're ringing an alarm. I think the one thing that sticks out to me is that a goalkeeper, when you have a goalkeeper like Alisson, he can pull off a big save at mm-hmm. the right time that'll get you the three points and save you not losing two. Whereas I don't think Kelleher's in that bracket. And so if we're talking about between now and the end of the season, because Kelleher's in goal, you lose two or three points. It's two or three points you can't afford to lose. That's, that's my biggest worry. Not that, it's not that Kelleher's not a good goalkeeper, but he's not in the same class as Alisson, and I don't think he has it in his locker yet to pull off that big save when it matters most right now. Give me the goalie perspective here. No, I think that kind of sums it up. Is, is, is there's that you're not a liability, which is, and, and I agree with that, Kelleher's not a liability, but... But if you're a, a Liverpool team, you're going to be pushing numbers forward at times. Maybe you're going to be exposed defensively. Can your goalkeeper come up with the big save at the right time to keep it at nil-nil? Then you go on to win 2-0. And, 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 and it just doesn't look like Kelleher's quite there yet and, and, and clearly not on the level of Allison. Uh, I know I said muscle. It's a hamstring just for clarity's sake. We always want to clarify things here on ESPN FC. Don, here's a look at the upcoming schedule. Just how significant could this be as far as a blow to Liverpool's title hopes? No, it's big. Um, it's big. I mean, I always trust 
uh, Casey and Shaka when they're, they're talking about goalkeepers. But I, I, what I would say, from Kelleher's point of view, I thought he was terrific against Burnley last week when he pulled off some really, really amazing saves at crucial times. And to be honest, I think he's the best number two, I think, in the Premier League. I think he's really, really underrated. I think he's very solid. I don't think he takes too many chances. Um, but of course, when you, if you're Van Dijk or you're the fullbacks or you're a midfield and you see that Allison's behind you, your number one goalkeeper, it always gives you that little bit more confidence knowing that Allison would be in goal. But I think Keller has a very, very good goalkeeper in his own right. Stevie, does it, does it change the way, you know, if you're a Liverpool defender, maybe you approach this match or maybe the team as a whole with, without Allison back there? It doesn't, it doesn't change your outlook. It'll change things that you do in a split mm-hmm. second. You know, when, you, when you're used to playing with, with a goalkeeper and when you're used to playing with Alisson in particular, you know exactly, without looking, where he's going to be, when he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things that you build between your, particularly your centre-backs and your goalkeeper, that you do things automatically because you know each other so well. When you have somebody in that you don't know as well, then you have to take the time to have a look. You have to take the time to make sure that, 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 that's the difference between being really good and being exceptional. When you take that extra second to make sure of something, that's the difference. And unfortunately, we're talking about winning the Premier League here, and that's what's going to be the difference between particularly Liverpool and City. Those little details is going to win one of them the Premier League, and that unfortunately goes against Liverpool. Is it too much to say it could impact the way they play, like how they attack because no. of how he is with his feet versus no. how maybe Kelleher is with his feet? Absolutely not. No, Kelleher no. can do that job. They'll go, about it. They'll go about it the way they always have done and they always will under Klopp. It's just, as I said, that little, that little thing's missing when you don't have your regular keeper. Mm. And so Liverpool then uh, facing off against Brentford in Premier League action this weekend. Speaking of German managers, Jurgen Klinsmann is uh, out of a job with South Korea. He's uh, out as manager after they were eliminated in the semifinals of the Asian Cup, losing to Jordan. There you can see his record. Bit harsh, isn't it? (laughs) Well, there's some details uh, about what's going on behind the scenes. Does that that mean Gannon Southgate should be out of a job? Uh, Here's an excerpt (laughs) from The Athletic uh, in which the outlet details a row inside the South Korean camp, which was apparently over ping pong okay so the younger players wanted to play table tennis the veterans did not want them to play table tennis and in the ensuing confrontation Hungmin San was injured uh, hurt his hand okay <laughs> here's uh, here's the excerpt from the athletic it all came to a head last Monday the night before their 2-0 semifinal defeat to Jordan when a few of the younger players including Lee wanted to leave the team dinner early to play table tennis Son objected to this and forcefully made his point, which drew a similarly forthright response from Lee. An altercation followed involving a number of players during which Son dislocated a finger as he tried to break things up. It's also been claimed that Lee was pushed in the chest and reacted angrily. All right, weirdest thing in your careers that you've ever seen start a locker room fight or a training ground fight? Stevie? I, w- I wouldn't say weirdest. I, w- I would say mine's funny rather than Okay, weird. go on. I'll take it. Well, uh, so on a Monday, if we, had no, if we didn't have a midweek game, we'd come in on a Monday and we'd be off on a Wednesday. And when we came in on a Monday, it would be the first team squad and the reserve squad mixed together and we'd have like a five-a-side competition. And one day, I remember Phil Neal, arguably the most experienced player at Liverpool at the time, walking off because Graham Souness 
had convinced everybody that a goal wasn't a goal. Because we didn't use goals. Mm -hmm. We used to use jumpers, basically. Right. So he said it went over the jumper. Yeah, he There's no so goal. Graham said it. Graham, Graham was a captain at the time, and Graham said it, it wasn't a goal, uh -huh. and nearly thought it was a goal, and nearly took the hump and walked off, and said he wasn't playing anymore. Wow. <laughs> so that was more funny than, than anything else. The Phil Neal walking off like a five-year-old. They say I have a short fuse. Uh, Casey, you got any stories? Halftime with a manager that uh, would ask you a lot of questions, but they were completely rhetorical. They, 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 there, there was never. <laughs> he wasn't looking for. There an was answer. never no. supposed to be an answer, <laughs> and uh, one of the one of the main players um, had decided to give an answer, and the ta there was a table set up in the you know in the in the changing room. And the manager went over the table and started strangling him <laughs> during halftime. And, and the player had done something that he had been fined for oh. that week. And so as cooler heads prevailed, uh, don't worry about that fine. <laughs> After he got strangled at halftime for answering a, answering a rhetorical question. How did the second half go? Oh, we won. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that, all, that also helps. Of, that also helps, yes. Of the discussion. Uh, Don, your story? Uh, I, well, I, I heard one on the radio the other day about Neil Warnock, who's just took the Aberdeen job, and he's had like a million clubs, and he got involved in a fight with one of his players after a game, and he, he obviously, as Casey said, they were both going at it, and then the manager then went in the shower, he took his clothes off, he went in the shower, and I was, as he was having a shower, his head was still bubbling away and still boiling, He's then gone back out the shower completely naked and started wrestling the guy who he was having a fight with. But then now he's completely naked. So everyone in the dressing room is laughing, apart from Neil Warnock and the guy that he's having a wrestle with. So I can imagine that scene. <laughs> I, think, I think what you've got to re realise is that in football, and I don't know about other sports, but in football, when... Two people start arguing or start having a scuffle or the manager's diving mm. over the table or, or you're yeah. disagreeing and you're shouting mm. and this and that. 99 times out of 100, it goes away in, in, in a matter of seconds yeah. and mm. at the most minutes. And really what you want to do is you, is, is you want to keep it private. You know, the, yeah. it used to be old adage, you know, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, that it doesn't get shared. Um, it's always difficult if you're in a training ground situation where there's press there or there's fan, and, and people can see kind of what happens. Um, clearly, there's going to be emotions. Most, most of the time, you just, both yeah. parties come together later. Hey, sorry, I got carried away, whatever. And then it all goes away. Uh, Don, you got any stories of your own? Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, sorry, I just thought it was just an image that came into my mind. I had to tell a Neil Warnock story, uh, but not so much funny. I, I was involved in a, at West Ham and Paolo Di Canio was our centre forward. Well, Paolo was a genius of a player, but he, he loved to blame everyone else. And the lads all know when a centre forward blames the midfield players, the midfield players then, you know, blame the centre backs for being too deep and the centre backs blame the goalkeeper because he's not giving instructions. So Paolo started a six man brawl after a game. And Paolo wasn't a fighter, but he had picked Ian Pierce, who was at West Ham at the time, Christian Daly, who were pretty, pretty tough. And the goalkeeper at the time was David James. So three real hard guys and Paolo Di Canio. Well, let me tell you, Paolo Di Canio moonwalked out of that situation double quick. <laughs> All right. Premier League Fight Club. I like the... Uh... 
the sound of that. Uh, plenty more great stories on today's edition of Extra Time. It'll be Casey, Stevie, and Don taking your questions from social media. And as always, you can find it over on our ESPN FC YouTube channel. Make sure to check it out. Also over on our ESPN FC YouTube channel, the highlights from Inter-Miami against Newell's Old Boys. A little Lionel Messi preseason reunion. His first club and his current club getting the start. 31st minute, good run, but puts the shot wide. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the injury's uh, better. <laughs> it's really weird to see him putting it past the post, isn't it? Been a long preseason for Inter Miami. They've gone all over the globe here in the second half. Borgelan makes it 1 0. Fantastic header. Great ball. Goalkeeper. No man's land. <laughs> Inter Miami have had their issues in defense during the preseason. More of it here, 83rd minute. Well, Franco Diaz makes it 1 1. That's just self inflicted. I mean, there's a point in time when you just have to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't the spot to play. Tell you what, can you imagine years ago a forward oh. out doing a centre-back like that in a challenge? Just oh. a few days away from Inter-Miami's season opener. It's on the 21st against RSL. Here's what Tata Martino had to say about his superstar Lionel Messi. Quote, I see him fully recovered. It is true that we are playing him little by little. Thursday night he played almost 60 minutes and the idea is that he arrives well prepared for the league debut on the 21st. He had an uh, MRI earlier in the preseason. All right, Casey, set the bar for Inter-Miami here. What are the expectations for this season with all this star power? Well, I mean, what's in, in, in what was the news that came out? That they're way over cap. They got to do a bunch of stuff. They yes, but there was a also a vice president from Major League Soccer that came out and said, based on the conversations we've had, they will be compliant. So I think that'll get taken <laughs> care of. You know, how that, you know how that goes, Stevie. You know how that goes. Yeah, well they never did that for you in the New England yeah, Revolution, no, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, held up. you never brought Messi to the league. Uh, sorry, Casey. I, um, I don't, in all honesty, I, I don't know. I mean, I think so much of it is going to come down to uh, where is, is Leo at? How much is he going to be able to completely influence games? Is he going to have enough people around him that can support is, is defensively are they is you know I keep talking about balance but are they are they going to be so top heavy that they're then going to be not being able to outscore opponents because they're conceding so many goals defensively um, and do they really care mm. do they really care about winning or do they care about how many people can we get to uh, an inter-Miami hashtag on Leo's Instagram. Well, I mean, I think that's maybe what inter-Miami and, and Major League Soccer would want. But I think Lionel Messi and inter-Miami players, based on what we see in League's Cup, I mean, we could say that they're pretty committed, right? Well, and, and, and if you take from where they went... Um, and the impact they had was immediate the, last correct. year. I mean, that was, that was the worst team in the league. Yes, correct. And then they became, yeah. they became Now you got uh, a year, competitive. a full offseason, a full preseason. You built a team. Tata Martino's, you know, fully in well, control. And, 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 and that, but, but I'm we, just saying, I think we should, I think the bar should be pretty high. Well, well if, if, if you're talking about that you're being allowed to significantly overspend over the cap, yeah. then yes, you should spend over the cap and, and, and win everything. Um, but I don't know if they're there. You know how, you know how the, the league works. It's, it's very random, especially in playoffs. Mm. Is, it, is it too much to say that it's title or bust for them, given all the guys that they brought in? And given the kind of randomness of this league, it's not the Premier League. It's well, not a 38-game season. Let's, well, let's be honest. Everybody expects them to win the title now. Should they? 
Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you've been given that, special permission, that, if yeah. If you really spend that all, all that money and bring all these players, all these experienced guys in, then, then yes. The, the, the question for me is, and I guess the good thing is Tato Martino's been through it before, right? And he knows it's a long season. Mm-hmm. And Tato Martino will know that they can't go hell for leather from the first game all the way through the playoffs to the mm-hmm. final mm-hmm. and win it. He know, he's got to know that either in games he's playing half a team a lot of the time or enough times or in training they're doing nothing all week in order to be hitting the heights with the games. Because you can't, you can't do both. And you can't play at a thousand miles an hour the way they did when Messi arrived till, till, till the last game of the season because you saw how tired they were. Yep. I mean, so this is going to be down to the manager. Is the manager going to say, right, I'm going to decide when we play half a team, when these guys get a rest, to look after them. Because A, you can't do it, and B, you can't do it with older players. All right, I got a question for you, Stevie. So how does it work after all the criticism that happened in Hong Kong that now all the away teams have been told you can triple your prices when Messi comes to town and then Messi goes, yeah, I'm taking today off. Mm. How does that go down? <laughs> Same as it did with Beckham. Same thing happened with yeah. Beckham. Well, remember when, when it happened with Messi in Chicago, they gave, well, but not that, refunds, but credits so you well, could come back to a fire game. That's where Tato's got to be strong. Yeah. yeah. And he can't, he's, if, if he's I mean, he got, say, bullied, he got bullied into playing Messi in Saudi Arabia. Well, there, was a, there was something that motivated him in Saudi Arabia. I can't, I can't figure well, out what it might have been. He can just stand on the field. But he's good. again, he's, he's good because he's got Beckham on the board. He's got Beckham yep. Yep. who understands. Beckham can play now? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, you, you can throw him on for 20 minutes and give Messi a rest. Mm-hmm. But Beckham will understand. And, and again, I guess it will come down to them as well. Yep. If, if they're only interested in winning... MLS Cup, well, then leave it to Tato, let him do what he wants, he'll sort it out, he's experienced enough, he's been through it before, he'll play a reserve team when he fancies it, as long as they get in the playoffs, having, having a good season, that should be enough for the owners, because if the goal's MLS Cup, then that's how they've got to do it. Listen, if, they go, if the goal is to, to make more money every time they step on the field, then that's going to mess up winning MLS Cup at the end of the season. And remember, for Messi, it's not just Argentina responsibilities, Copa America, World Cup qualifiers. There's some talk of him maybe playing in the Olympics. So that's the other question, right? How much is he, um, <laughs> he going to be around for this, uh, for this Inter-Miami side throughout the MLS season? Elsewhere in American soccer, there were some very interesting comments from the U.S. women's national team captain, Lindsey Horan, recently about American fans. She's now apologizing for those comments. It was about a week and a half ago when Haran told The Athletic that uh, American fans, well, most of them aren't smart. Here's what she had to say yesterday. Quote, first and foremost, I would like to apologize to our fans. Some of my comments were poorly expressed and there was a massive lesson learned for me. When I think about our fans, I love them so much. The soccer They're culture, not very smart, but I love them. Steady, steady. The soccer culture in America is changing and growing so much in such a positive way. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to offend anyone in that manner. So, again, I deeply, deeply apologize. Casey, you have worn the captain's armband for the U.S. men. Uh, what do you make first of the comments that American fans aren't smart uh, and then about the apology? I, I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, she's 29, right? Mm-hmm. You've been around the block. 
I, I get it when you're a young kid and you've not been in front of the press and you kind of say something and later, you know, somebody taps you on the shoulder and goes, what were you doing? You're like, well, I, I didn't really know. But to, to be in the position that she's in, to say what she said, and then the, I guess for me it's a little dis, disingenuous because it wasn't, oh, my God, what did I just say? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's 10 days, two weeks later mm -hmm. when now we're preparing for a camp that it's like, oh, geez, I better apologize for this. Or somebody said, you better apologize for this. So, yeah, that one, uh, that's a head scratcher. That's, that's when you just don't understand how, how, how that happened. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard too to late. imagine. <laughs> too late for the apology? Too late. That's what I, yeah, I'm, I'm with Stevie. It's too late. So Saturday we got a double header. Plymouth Argyle against Leeds. That one's 7.30 a.m. Eastern time here on Plus. And then at 10 a.m. Eastern time it is Leicester City against Middlesbrough. Casey Keller against May, uh, Kay Murray in that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of ESPN FC. Thanks for joining us. Can for we Casey, get another story from Don? TV, I'm Seb. Well, <laughs> story from somebody that he knows, that he heard on the radio. Don't be anymore. Extra time starts now. Stick around. <laughs>Everybody, welcome into the ESPN FC studios. Don Hutchison, Steve Nichol, Casey Keller, and a very excited Seb here with you. Don, first question for you on this Friday. Percentage chance, what a way to start, for Chelsea to get something out of the City game. Ooh. <laughs> zero. Zero. Wow. Absolutely zero. I'm betting City win this game by more than three goals. They will walk all mm. over Chelsea. Ooh. Zero? Zero? I, mean, I don't think zero. Because there's like a wild card percentage with Chelsea, right? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of gun shy after... Craig and I... Craig Bolly and I did Aston Villa against Chelsea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we did like half an hour before the game. And yeah. we annihilated Chelsea. <laughs> We're not getting nothing. They've got no chance. They're rubbish. They can't defend. The they can't score goals. I know, but... And we're coming at half-time and it was 2-0. Mm -hmm. We're like... Oh. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> so I wouldn't say zero percent. It's pretty low, but it's not zero. Stevie, if FSG miss out on Xabi Alonso and sign Thomas Tuchel as Klopp's replacement, oh, would no. you be angry? Yeah, I wouldn't be happy. Why? Have you seen Bayern play this year? Yes, I have. Right there, you go. That's all you need to. Okay, Don, what do you think? Ah, uh, uh, no chance. No chance. He'd, he'd be tenth on the list at best. All right. Champions League winner. I mean, well, we can't so easily dismiss him, surely. So, so you, you you're already saying he's going to get fired by Bayern? <laughs> Just uh, yes. No. Yeah, zero. Yeah. I think he might be available. <laughs> you want percentages? Zero. Don't deny it. Zero. 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 Mitch asks, are dressing rooms havens for practical jokes, like baseball clubhouses are known to be? Who is the biggest prankster you ever played with? Uh, Stevie, I have read your book, and they didn't say you were the biggest prankster, but you were in kind of the middle of a lot of the pranks, or maybe the victim of a lot of the right, well, wind-ups. Listen, every dressing room, every single day of the week, mm -hmm. there's something going on, mm -hmm. and somebody's trying to do something. Every single day. If not, there's like a I mean, problem. Everybody's driving in in the morning thinking what they can do, <laughs> who they can wind up. 
I mean, it's just the way it is. That's true professionalism. And absolutely, I got done for fun. I was, I was 19. Yeah. I'd, I'd barely gone outside the town I lived in until I was 19, and all of a sudden, I was put in a dressing room in football terms with the European champions and probably the best team on the planet. But they were also European champions and the best team on the planet and winding people up. Mm. So, <laughs> you, got, you got me landed in the middle of that. <laughs> so I ended up getting pranked rather a lot. Yeah. Nice. Um, Don, best prank that you've heard somebody else talk about on the radio? <laughs> uh, to be fair, Sabby, I was I was uh, known to prank a few. The best one I had playing for Everton, I played with a good mate of mine called Franny Jeffers. He was the number nine at the time. And when you hand your tickets in to like friends and family, I always used to say to the secretary, like, who's coming today? Like, who's watching? Just to try and get like an adrenaline spike. Like someone say, oh, Kevin Keegan's come to watch uh, the England players, who is England manager, or Craig Brown might be watching the Scotland players. Just to give you a little bit of something extra so you can go into the game knowing there's a lot of people watching. So I asked the girl and she said, Kevin Keegan, the England manager, is coming to watch the game today. So I looked at the opposition, weren't many England player, uh, players playing, and I figured it was Franny Jeff as he came to watch. So just before the game, I put DP in his underpants, and it's fair to say he had an absolute shocker in the game while Kevin Keegan came to watch him. What is DP? What is DP? What did he say? What, he put what in his underpants? Like, like an DP. icy hot. Like a, oh, yeah. ouch. Yeah. Burning. I, I, awful. Awful. I shall tell you one of them. in the book. I, I went in one morning <laughs> and sat down and there was brown envelopes all the way around on everybody's mm-hmm. where they sat. And I'm just, I've never said a word. And I'd kind of least sat on my left-hand side. And he turned to me and he went, Where's your brown envelope? And I went, what do you mean? He goes, well, did you get a brown envelope? I went, no. He went, why not? I went, I don't know. I said, what is it? He goes, well, you were in the team photograph, weren't you? I went, yeah. He said, well, that's the sponsorship money for the team photograph. Everybody's just got it. I was like, I didn't get one. He went, what are you going to do? I went, what can I do? He goes, well, he said, well, you got two choices. You can either say nothing or you can stick up for yourself. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I said, well, who do you speak to? He goes, well, you speak to the manager. He's the one that gives them it. So he'd wound me up. Yeah. And I went, right. So I got my training gear on, put my trainers on. I went down the corridor, <laughs> chapped on the manager's door. So he secretary opened the door said, yeah, I said, can I speak to the boss? And she went, sure. And he goes in, Bob Paisley sat at his desk. And he goes, yeah, what is it? I went, I says, boss, I said, uh, I know I've only been here such and such time, I said, but I don't think it's right, I didn't get a brown envelope. And he went, what? I said, I never got a brown envelope. He went, he said, you know what? He said, here, you can have mine. And I went, well, why are you giving me yours? He goes, well, have a look then. So I opened it up and it was a tax form. <laughs> it was a tax form to be filled in for the sponsorship money they'd had from the previous year when I wasn't even at the club. So. Was that, he in on it? Was Paisley in on it? No. No, no. No, no not at all. Okay. He was like, ah, get, get out. Get, get. I had to go back into dressing and they're all like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was it. Things like that were going on every day. Uh, Casey? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I got, Ben Thatcher used to do things that, it, it definitely got over the top a little really? bit. Really? But yes. 
Yeah, let's just say there's certain things that were left in a shoebox with mm. that was left in your locker over the weekend, and you probably didn't want to know what was in that shoebox. Mm. And but you had a pretty good idea. Your your olfactory senses had a pretty good idea when you came back in on Monday. What was in that shoebox? Wouldn't that be counterproductive though? Isn't he going to have to smell that then in his own dressing room? Yeah, but it's not in his locker. Right. <laughs> Is the kit man always the most popular person at the club? Stevie? Popular? Yeah. I guess not. Boy. No. Steve Nickel popular. lashes out at Liverpool kit man. No. No? no Who is the most popular everybody's person? Everybody's always nice. E-Lady? Yeah. Who's the, who's the kind of non-football most popular person at the club? Yeah, the girls doing the lunches and the... Well, again, different times. You've got proper chefs and all that now, but in our day... Another day, you had David, a staff. You had a staff of people making you food. Well, another day we had we had the two girls. May can't remember the Don. Can you remember the other girl's name? They would oh. they would make our lunch. So we would bring some food in, and they would make it for us, like Scotch pies or mm -hmm. wait, beans. And so they would actually make it for you. Prepare it. And they yeah. were they were there to to make sure the place was clean and tidy, nothing else. But the girls would would make food for you. Any good kit man stories over there? Um, I mean, I mean, a lot of them were, were good fun, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just good guys. And, and, you know, for me, I was pretty, you know, I, I was kind of high maintenance when it came to being goalkeeper. You had a bunch of extra gear. So you always wanted to make sure they were happy so they could make sure they brought everything that you really, you wanted and you needed. But uh, the only kit man I ever known that was actually miserable was the Scottish kit man. I won't tell you his name. That wouldn't be right. Okay. But after games with Scotland, you were only allowed to keep the top. You weren't allowed to take the shorts or the socks, right? And so what people would do is you would take somebody else's. <laughs> right. Because as soon as the game finished, <laughs> right. as soon as the game finished, this guy was in and trying, as soon as you took something off, he was like, ah. Like they were taking it out of his straight over <laughs> He was straight over yeah, picking I... it up, right? And then put them all down and then he counted them and you could see him doing this. And he'd be coming home going, where's your debt? And he'd be like, I have no idea. Because somebody else had taken mine. And in the World Cup, what we did was, his room, we got the keys to his room, because the staff went out one night. So we got the keys to his room, and the great big, the great big cases where they carry all the kit in. Mm -hmm. What we'd done, we'd gone in his room, and we'd got all the cases and topped them all up on top of each other, so that when he opened the door, all you could see was silver case, you couldn't get in the room. <laughs> and he'd taken the light bulbs out his, out his lights, moved his bed to another part of the room, wow. and he did all kinds. So literally the least popular person <laughs> is what you're describing to and, me. And when he came back from the night out uh -huh. and opened his door, he took the hump and said he was going to sleep in the physio's room on the physio bed, which is just a Ooh, table. Right, right. right. Unless the people who did it moved all the stuff, he wasn't moving back to his room. Oh, really? Through oh, a fit? So miserable. <laughs> Honest to goodness. All right, guys, when you decided to retire, who was the first person you told? Did anyone try to convince you to keep playing on? Don, how did that go for you? I went to Marbella. I had a place in Marbella at the time, and I was single. So when I, I didn't actually know I retired, I was 37, and the phone just never answered. So I <laughs> left, I left, uh, where did I leave? Luton Town. Uh, and I went away from my holidays. Uh, the phone never rang, season kicked off, and I thought, I'm just gonna go to Marbella then. So I went to Marbella, had a good time, 
the phone just never rang. So it's that's that's how brutal uh, football can be at times. It's it's not particularly sensitive. If your phone doesn't ring, no one wants you. You're done. Your history, and then all of a sudden, once you've done your time in Marbella and you can't drink anymore, and you start getting cold sores <laughs> everywhere and styes because you're run down, you got to get back to the real world and get back to work. Went to Marbella and never left. Uh, what about you, Stevie? Boston Bulldogs uh, days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were you were kind of retired by then, though, right? You were playing. Yeah, manager. but I, I, I officially I told my wife Eleanor because I'd half somebody in two and decided that time to finish. Yeah, because I, I was too I was so slow mm. and I started kicking people, mm -hmm. doing, you know. Anyway, I did I did this guy for fun. I mean, right across his knees. And I was on the bus on the way back and I felt terrible. I actually started thinking about it. I yeah. thought, you know what? I, 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 this, that's not right. So that was it. And that was me. I stopped. Yeah, that I was, think that's that was USISL, is that right? Was that yeah. the, the old American USL, second yeah. division? Or whatever? Yeah, I, th I think that's the tricky part. I think that most people get retired. They don't actually get to choose to retire. Oh. Um, and I think for myself, you know, when I moved home and, you know, had an opportunity to... You know, when, with the the new franchise in Seattle, and to be able to be a part of it, and then, you know, I I played another year after my original contract, and and then I was kind of looking at, you know, I was, you know, the going to be, you know, at the end of the season, you know, a couple weeks before my 42nd birthday, and I'm cool. thinking, you know, <laughs> that's I, what I what I didn't want to do was get into that situation where my quality of, of play just drops. And then everyone's thinking, why are you still playing? You know, and, and, I, and I still was able to perform. I thought, you know, let's finish on my terms and let's do this the right way without then having an issue and, 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 and not being able to perform because the time was kept, was going to catch up sooner than later. Another one for you, Casey. Your Mount Rushmore of Premier League goalies. Okay. Oof. Like Premier League, not... Premier League, Premier League era. So it's so, from yeah, 92, 92 on. onward. Um, Schmeichel. Okay. Schmeichel's got to be in. You get four, you get four on Mount Rushmore. Right. Uh, my history lesson. You're going to help me with this. So Schmeichel's got to be in there. Don, what do you think? Schmeichel for sure. Allison. Um, okay. Yeah, you got your, you got your uh, Chelsea. What's his face? Yeah, David Peter James. Uh, it's not David Peter James. Jack. David Seaman. David Seaman. Seaman. Seaman would be up there for sure. I mean, we're four. We're at four right now. Schmeichel, Allison, Check, Seaman. Is that yeah. is that the top four all time? I think so. Ooh, is Allison in there? Yeah, I was going to say, Allison I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Allison's quite there yet, Don. Ooh. I think he, I think he's moving in that direction huh. for sure. Who's uh, your in the right direction. So you got Schmeichel. Check, check. Seaman, Seaman. Who are we missing there? Chaka, his last name. Um, the Dutch guy, Van, Van der Sar. Van der Sar. Van der Sar. Yeah, that's a good shot. Here's your guy. Allison's better than him. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody. But has he had the 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 he's had the career he's had? Yeah, what I was going to say. Has he had the maybe well, the, the amount of now we're getting into tough of, of work because guys who haven't finished their career obviously right you know, right. so because normally you're not going to be if we went a statue of you while you're still playing if we went retired it would be schmeichel check seaman vandersar yeah that sounds pretty good. solid well, i'm yeah. okay with that it's pretty pretty good top four all right last one 
For all, do you guys feel like our lack of pickup soccer culture in the U.S. is a big disadvantage for our youth technical development compared to countries like Brazil or Spain, where it's easy to find soccer being played on the streets and smaller size fields? I don't feel like uh, soccer on the streets is unique to Brazil and Spain. Well, but it's it, maybe unique to a different era. Like you, you played soccer on the streets, yeah? Yeah. Well, well yeah, in Scotland now, are they playing soccer on the streets? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I think absolutely. You, I don't think that's just you, a U.S. thing. Though it is, though we don't have it here. We definitely don't have yeah. it. Well, our, our culture, and, and I think what had happened was, is also, I think one of the big issues that U.S. culture has, particularly on the soccer side of it, is the options that kids have. And, you know, no, everybody was playing football, right? That, that's what they were going to play. And, and maybe they were forced to play something else at school, maybe a little rugby, maybe a little cricket. And those, yeah. But everybody wanted to play football. You know, here, you know, kids have, I'm going to be a BMX guy. I'm going to be a skateboarder. I'm going to be, you know. But even the ones case you want to play soccer don't have pickup to go to. It's easier for me to find an adult pickup game in D.C. (coughs) than there's, like, there's no kids pickup games. And there's thousands of kids playing any city, but certainly in D.C. And you would never find just kids on their own. There's definitely a level of organization. Not never, but. And and, and I noticed that. When, when I moved home and my daughter started playing, if there was something organized, mm-hmm. she was in, 100%. Mm-hmm. It was a captain's practice, it was this, but the idea of just a couple of her friends going to kick the ball out in the yard, never gonna happen, ever. Um, do you know what else doesn't happen when it's just a couple people kicking the ball out in the yard? Nobody's making money off it. And that is why, at the end of the day, they see. Well, there, there's definitely- That is there's, why. The U.S. Sebi. system is set up the way it is Sebi because is you can't monetize yeah. pickup soccer. That's the truth there. A topic for Football Americas, perhaps. Wow. Deep dive. You want to join us for that edition, Stevie? Maybe we'll buzz Don in so he can tell us a story he heard on oh, the radio. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm busy. Oh, Stevie. One day, one day I'll get you back uh, on Football Americas because you have been on the show before. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, ESPN FC Studios, for the next edition of the show. Please join us.